Hmm. So, so after the hotel, what's next? Well, you do, it's the Kilkenny Ridge. Basically, like you're going from Wombach up to Rogers Ledge. That's the whole Kilkenny yeah. Ridge Traverse. And then from there, you'll help on the Nash Stream and then the northern section, I think. Yeah, Kilkenny is, uh, um, it, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful trail. It was funny, uh, the, cer- certain trails are, are, uh, are, we're obviously on, on are, are nicer than others, and that, that was that. I remember that as being a nice section. Um, and I know that you've you've done it, Stomp, haven't you? I have not. No, I've done bits and pieces, but not the whole thing. Yeah, and I, you know, I saw your footage of that really steep section there. What Rogers Ledge? How was that? Uh, it's probably the highlight of the Cohos Trail, I would think. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's like the best part yeah. of the whole trail. <laughs> I think I think that I think you got whacked in the head a little harder than you think. <laughs> I think Mark definitely like definitely like needs a little bit of like um, concussion therapy. <laughs> Broadcasting from the Woodpecker Studio in the great state of New Hampshire, welcome to the Sounds Like a Search and Rescue podcast, where we discuss all things related to hiking and search and rescue in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. Here are your hosts, Mike and Stomp. All right, Stomp, so uh, episode 26 here. I think that uh, the entire listening audience is excitedly waiting for an update on your colonoscopy. <laughs> I mean, that's really all I care about. Oh, it's great. How great long stuff. was the hose? How did you feel? <laughs> Tell us everything. I don't remember much. I mean, they rolled me into the, um, the procedure room and uh, put this mask on my face, and they said it was oxygen, but it smelled a little funny. And then oh, they uh, asked me to lay on my side, which is odd. Why would they have me lay on my side? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I was. Uh, what's interesting? I was not like a light, but the second I went out, I was dreaming, like I was on this uh, endless through hike of untraveled herd paths, and uh, with like green, vivid fauna. I think it was like it must have been the um, Grand Traverse or something like that. And I, I, when I say endless, it, you've been under anesthesia, haven't you? Uh, I mean, I think the last time I was under anesthesia was when I was like 14 years old, um, getting molars removed. So all I remember is just laughing like a lunatic and that was about it. What's weird is like, if you can imagine being in the deepest slumber ever, and then all of a sudden some, somebody grabs your shoulder and it was a a woman and she's like, okay, Mr. Bernard, it's time to wake up now. And you're just getting whipped out of heaven. by this nurse <laughs> so yeah that, that was my uh fun experience but uh yeah uh, i don't know they found a couple typical things i guess for my age group but no big deal so the there you have it audience great colonoscopy talk it's a great topic for a podcast it's gonna really boost Very the ratings <laughs> yeah, exactly um the 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 update that nobody wanted to hear <laughs> right Except for you, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. So you want to throw anything out to the sponsors or Coffee Talk or any of that fun stuff? Yeah, we have not had any donations um, on coffee, but um, just throwing out the old plug for Reckless. And um, special thanks. Um, you get to enjoy the best food, craft beer, and fun. Located near the Five Corners and just minutes from Franconia Notch. And um, they're telling me that people are starting to stop in from the, the hiking community, which is fantastic. So thank you everybody for making an effort to stop by. They're they're great great place. Yeah, yeah. When you go in there, drop our name for sure. Tell them that we uh, we sent you in there. And um, yeah, I I gotta get in there. I, I I just need to get up there. It's just been a crazy couple of weeks for me. Yeah, it's it's busy for everybody. Same here. Yeah. All right. So uh, anything else before we transition into the show summary? No, I think we're good. Let's move on. We've got a lot to talk about. All right, all right. 
So tonight we are going to talk about the recent um, training day that uh, Stomp and uh, his his SAR team went through. Uh, sounds like they had a busy day on 9-11. And then uh, we've also got Mark here to talk a little bit about. Uh, so Mark was here on, I think, episode 17 uh, to talk about his plan to hike um Sunapee, Monadnock, um, Greenway, and then connect it with the Cohos Trail. Um, he recently had an injury uh, that was on the same day as the training stuff, so we're going to talk about that a little bit, and we're going to wrap up the Cohos Trail with him. We're going to cover a little bit about the flags on the 48, and then uh, there was a rescue that happened during Stomp's training uh, event, so we'll we'll do a deep dive on that as well. So um, excited to get going on the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Stomp. Let's get started. All right. Um, any beer talk? Is anybody drinking beer? Mark, do you have a beer? I do not have a beer. I, uh, uh, I'm a little bit fragile right now. Uh, yeah, that's true. So I just went with the Red Bull. It keeps some energy up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll explain in a little while. You drinking anything, uh, Stomp? Yeah, I'm having a little Pierre Ferrand cognac from France. Just a little sip as I make my way through this podcast. Wow. Cognac's great. It's wow. very nice. How yeah, I don't think I've ever had a cognac. I'm not drinking anything. I've been, um, I was at Hampton Beach yeah. uh, earlier today, uh, the seafood festival, and then I was at a Patriots party where I had a couple of beers, so I'm just, I'm pretty much done. Yeah, that's good. I'm talking about, I was on the river today floating with my wife, and um, I... Talk to her about a, uh, what is it, Sober October? I think I might try to do mm -hmm. that. And I'm like, hey, you want to do that with me? And she's like, hell no, I'm going to Disney. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, well, how about yeah. like a half Sober October? And she's like, oh, I'll think about it. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would do that. If you want to do Sober October, I'll do that with you. Just let me know. Hey, no, I'll, I'll commit to it right here. Okay. All right, we're doing. For multiple reasons. I'm like... I just want to uh, shake off a couple pounds, and I need a little more energy. There's some interesting stuff going on in my life here with uh, my occupation and stuff, and some new opportunities that are opening. So I have to be on my toes, people. Yep. All right. Well, we're gonna have to remember this. So if we forget, somebody call us out. But we're doing sober October now, so no beer talk for uh, some of our early winter shows. I we'll guess have to, we'll have to come up with a different kind of talk for that section. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe some yeah, exactly. viewers can uh, give us some suggestions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we can do, we'll do morning shows and we can do like fancy coffee drinks or something. <laughs> Latte. Yeah, that sounds yeah. good. What's in your cup today, Mike? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll do some fancy coffee stuff. Um. All right, so I think we're going to defer. Normally, we would talk about recent hikes here, but uh, we're going to defer that just because uh, I don't think there are that many recent hikes, and I think we're going to cover some stuff with uh, with Mark in a, in, in a separate segment. So I think let's move on to segment one, Stomp, which is you wanted to talk about the training day event that you uh, you went through with the, uh, the search and rescue team. Mm, yep, yearly, um, the state agencies, volunteer SAR teams, fish and game get together for uh, statewide training. And um, <clears throat> it's historically been in this time frame. Um, actually, no, it's been a little earlier in the year, but last year was canceled. And then this year it was still a little iffy with um, all the COVID stuff going on. So we picked the date of September 11th and it just uh, happened to be the 20th. And um, uh, you know, we all knew it was going to be a pretty awesome day and momentous day and uh, a great time to get together. So we met up at Cannon. Um, pretty much everybody was there. Fishing Game, Upper Valley, Wilderness Response, New England Canine, Randolph Mountain Club, Mountain Rescue Services. Everybody showed up around 8.30 and um, each of the teams taught a course from about 9 until 11.30. And uh, the different course offerings were uh, litter packaging and basic rope belay. Mountain Rescue Services actually took their group of people up onto Bald Mountain and demonstrated SCED maneuvering. SCED is the plastic litter that we'll use sometimes for an injured person. You could actually see them from the Peabody Base Lodge parking lot. If you looked up, you could check them out. 
Um, there was a tabletop laptop um, search course that was happening. Um, so it was, it was really great. But driving there was fantastic because, because it's nice and early. It's about 7.38 in the morning, driving through the notch. And honestly, it was like a just a classic, beautiful September day. And if you looked up towards the left, up towards the Cannon Cliffs, you could see the flag flying up in the old man. So every year since 9-11, um, PEMI members and local people from uh, the region climb up and fly the flag. And I'm sure some people have seen that on the news, um, the media, and whatnot. So so they fly the flag from where the old man location is? Exactly, yep. Basically where his forehead would have been. It's about 900 feet high. Uh, there's a climber's trail that gets you up there. And have you been up there? I have, yeah, multiple times. Yeah, Mark has too, actually. Right? Yeah, we slept up there one time, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm just asking for the audience's sake. <laughs> I'm just playing dumb. <laughs> no, so it's a it's a neat place. I mean, you know the the flags on the 48 operation there. They do the flags and all the uh, the 48, but. People are flying flags everywhere. I mean, people were flying flags on Monadnock and all the other lower summits, too. So it's really a momentous thing uh, to memorialize the victims of uh, 9-11. And the uh, the training they're offering, so they have different programs. Can you pick, like, what path you want to follow in these trainings, or do they just assign you based on some criteria? Nope, it's random. Yeah, you just pick what you want. And um, some of the offerings actually count towards continuing educational credits for, you know, EMT uh, credentials and whatnot. So that's pretty handy, too. Great resource. So the, the, the coolest part about it is, you know, the New Hampshire Outdoor Council gives us lunch. They pay for lunch. So we had 116 people show up for this. Mark, uh, a.k.a. Nobby, showed up earlier in the morning and my folks showed up and they were just sort of hanging out on the periphery watching things. And... Um, the Blackhawks showed up around 12, 15 or so, and that's always just an epic thing to see. It came flying in from south of the notch straight up to Artist, in between Cannon and Artist Bluff, basically, and came in and parked um, at one of the lowered gravelly lots, parking lots at the uh, Peabody Lodge. And um, Yeah, he, he came in fast. He, the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they came in fast and, and skilled, though, like really yeah. smooth. It's very impressive. Yeah, it was. So after lunch, the uh, Air National Guard crew members gave us all um, a rundown of, you know, safety expectations and, and the courses they would be offering. So basically, they they had three stations outside of the Black Hawk ex- itself. The first one was for team members to go into the Black Hawk and learn how the buckle system works. Because when you get into this thing, you, you have to know how to get into it. You have to obviously watch out for the blades up ahead. You don't want to get decapitated. That wouldn't be good. And um, when you get inside there, there's a, a I believe it's a four-point buckle system that you have to buckle into, into the seat so that you're safe. And then, you know, getting out and all that. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, the second one was um, how they lower, say, a medic or hoist somebody that doesn't need a litter. And they demonstrated the use of what they call a jungle extractor, which is basically this, um, imagine an anchor where the the arms of the anchor fold up so it's like a spike. So it'll drop right in through thick canopy. And then you can fold the arms down and sit on it. You could, uh, you know, in some some cases have two people on it. Uh, So that was the second thing. Uh, And then the third section was litter packaging, how they package somebody in a litter you know, the procedure of throwing a line down, a tag line. And they, they frequently uh, mentioned the video out of Arizona. I don't know if you guys saw that video of the woman spinning in the litter. You know, 100,000 100, oh, yeah, revolutions that, yeah. a minute. Okay, yeah. so that happened because what what's called a tag line broke off. So you have somebody stationary on the ground with a tag line from you to the, the litter holding it steady. If that tag line breaks then there's nothing you know, keeping the, the downdraft of the Black Hawk from spinning that thing out of control. And that's what happened in that case. They were going to actually do a demonstration of that. Before they do that, they, were, they have the dogs. They fire up the engines, which they did. And they have the dogs from New England Canine enter the, 
the Blackhawk and then leave the Blackhawk so that they can get used to it. And some of the newer, you know, the puppies uh, are very intimidated by it. So they, before the thing even fires up, they bring the dogs inside. They can sniff around the cockpit. And then they fire it up and bring the dogs in. And after that, they, w- they were going to demonstrate uh, the actual procedure of, you know, hoisting and, you know, elevating somebody and lowering and all that stuff. So, Did those dogs, did you notice, so do those dogs have like separate handlers or is there like one handler for multiple dogs? I, I'm pretty sure that it's, it's private owners that volunteer for New England Canine. Um, I'll clarify that for the listeners, but it's basically if you want to volunteer for the team and you have a dog, there's a whole process of application and training and everything else. So I believe it's an owner's individual dog and they have multiple owners and they, you know, uh, they're busy. They're they're quite busy. Uh, Not just in New Hampshire, but just regionally. Did any of the dogs um, refuse to get in the helicopter or were they all pretty good? Well, here's the thing. They they fired up the Blackhawk, and I've got my goggles on. My my folks are next to me, and um, my cousin showed up, and we're all like maybe 50 yards away. And it, it was taking a long time. Like they do a, a checklist before they launch, but it was just taking a very long time. And then I noticed Jim Neeland, who's the lead uh, lieutenant on fishing game for District Three here in Grafton, sort of walking around with his his handheld radio and then he went over to uh the the pilot and um long story short i guess there was an incident um elsewhere which we'll talk about briefly but i want to go backwards uh for a moment and talk about nobby because mark showed up before the um the early am sessions and um mark do you want to just Tell me what happened. Like it was sort of I was sort of distracted because I was trying to manage a couple things and just running yeah. around. But uh, why don't you give us a brief little story? And I was and I was trying to stay in the back and not 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 bother you guys. But I was uh, um, I was just coming off a hike. I, I was I I went and I did uh, Jefferson because I uh, wanted to. Uh, I'm doing the uh, I'm knocking off some of the uh, the the 25 terrifying 25s and uh so i was doing jefferson that morning and i was the first on the mountain on jefferson and what trail uh caps ridge okay and uh so i i I hit it as i was waiting for it to get a little bit of light and i hit the trail and got to the top and it was so windy up there i think the uh the forecast was saying it was blowing like 40 to 60 with 70 mile an hour gusts and uh, it was it was at least fifty when I was up there, and I was just trying to picture the, those guys trying to hang a flag up there, um, for uh, mm-hmm. and <laughs> how difficult that was going to be. But I think that by noontime the the wind was supposed to to die. But when I was up there, it was very hard to walk, and it was uh, and I did, they, they have a little loop that you can do around there, where it goes down the other side, and you can loop around. And then go right back down the same trail that came up, and so I did that. And at the top, there was a one group that was right behind me. And right when I left the top, I heard a girl scream. So I I kind of went back to see if she was okay. And uh, and then I heard I heard them laughing. So I was like, ah, oh, they're they're fine. And then so I turned around and maybe I don't know, probably twenty minutes later, I was walking and. It, um, probably the the windiest part where the wind was coming right off the o- over the uh, the mountain um and walking you know rock to rock was was difficult because it was so windy and it was slippery too because it has kind of the ros- the rocks are a little bit mossy up there and you know i'm not making excuses but um i i messed up and slipped and and it's funny how uh, how it's in s- slow motion you know it, it, it's it's really it's really funny because i'm falling and i'm like you know what i'm heading right towards that rock i'm like is there anything i can do about this no nope, it's still coming all right so were you right. falling backwards or forwards forwards and uh and i and, and you're was, heading downhill slow yeah heading downhill and it was slow motion and then i my head oh. made contact with a rock and bam and the first thing, mm. the first thing I thought was, um, 
you know, am I okay? You know, but I didn't see any stars, thank God. And uh, the second thing I thought was, mm-hmm. um, I better get off this mountain because I'm going to be so embarrassed if Stomp. he has to come get me. And because uh, if, uh, if, Stomp, Stomp. if Stomp, if Stomp had to get me, <laughs> if Stomp had to get me, that would have been that, that would have been. You have to edit that out, Stomp. That would have been the end. <laughs> it's okay. Um, beep. I'll, I'll put one of those beeps on it. Beep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this, no, no, this so, he falls, he he face plants, but he shows up at the training. Yeah. With, I I mean, you look like well, you saw a ghost. You were pale. Uh, he had a, a hat on over his forehead, and he lifted up his his forehead, and he had a giant four by four gauze in his forehead. So uh, he was in rough shape. Um, so that's I'm like, geez, are you are you gonna be all right? Well, they had a they had a bathroom there, and and I walked into the bathroom and uh, and used all their napkins to to clean me up a bit, and, uh, and there was a couple guys that walked in and saw that. <laughs> And we're kind of a little bit terrified, but because uh, it, it didn't look too pretty, and uh, yeah, that's no, uh, pretty dramatic. I saw the picture too. Yeah, and but but it was it, it could have been you know, and I, and you always got to say this, it could have been a lot worse because the, my first priority when when I hit it, I thank God I had a ski cap on, so it kind of pouted a little bit. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and but the first thing I thought when I fell is I, I got to get the tree line. That was the first thing that entered my mind because I'm like, um, if I, if I pass out, I'll pass out in tr- under the tree line and I'll be fine. But I got to get to tree line because it was, it was probably it wasn't really cold, but it was probably about 40 degrees up there, 50 mile an hour winds. Yeah, and uh, so the 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 blood, but the, the ski cap was soaking up all the blood, so I, I was fine. Anybody see you walking down? Were they like, what the hell's going on with this lunatic? Yeah, yeah. One, 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 one. It was funny. I, I probably passed literally maybe a hundred people going down um, because I was, I was. Yeah, it's a busy day up there because they're all going yeah. on like um, flags on the forty-eight, right? Mm-hmm. And there was only one lady that said uh, that that noticed. I think there might have been a little blood coming down. There was only one lady that noticed, and uh, and she was like, "Oh my god, I, I have a uh, uh, what, what happened to you?" Blah blah blah. I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine." And um, but I was just, I was more than anything. I was, it was just more of an embarrassing thing. I guess you you feel a little bit old. You feel a little bit old about that. <laughs> well, here's the here's the interesting thing about this because um, we didn't find this out until this morning. But um, back to the Black Hawk and um, you know the delay in the training and the dogs are getting restless and then all of a sudden um, you know New England New England Canine takes all the dogs and just rallies them back at their um, their van. I'm like, oh, something's up. I just knew something was going on. So they end up uh, closing the door of the Black Hawk and lifting off and uh, taking off. And um, Teal Go comes over to me, who's, you guys probably know, a lot of people know Teal. Yeah. He's, he comes over and goes, um, there's a, a mission. They, had a, they got called on a mission. And um, they had to just take off really quick and get diverted over to... Um, the other side of the whites. And it's actually interesting because, because as part of their talk, people were very curious about, hey, how do I, like the big joke of the day, like how do I get a ride on one of these things? And um, basically, there's two ways you can do it. You sign a hell of a lot of paperwork or you get really effed up on the mountains. Those are the two ways that you get a ride on that thing. And um, then there was talk about what happens if you're flying the Blackhawk in the neighborhood of a mission, uh, a rescue mission or something going on. Can you divert the the Blackhawk to another mission? And it's really interesting because there's quite a protocol and a methodology to their responses. When there's a call from Fish and Game, there's this entire process that gets kicked into gear where they have to come up with a plan uh, you know the safety plan, the the risk ben, you know risk to benefit ratio and all that stuff before they even lift off, and that gets all signed off on, and that can take hours. They came up with the plan to come to this training on Saturday, the, like the day before, and they finalized the plan that morning. So it's quite this intricate process, and for them to all of a sudden break out of that plan 
it's not as easy as you would think to just go divert out of your your plan that you're on. But voila, sure enough, they got pulled away too. Uh, guess where? <laughs> sure, but so so just so I understand, so you guys are at your training session, statewide training, yep. and um, I feel like this happened. I feel like you said that like you were at a training before where the same thing happened, but like basically a rescue happened where they needed a helicopter to to respond. Um, a similar situation, but that was related to the student on Musalak that disappeared. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, same training day. Yeah, similar. Yes. So if you're going to get injured, like um, the whatever date that you're having your, your training session, that's the, <laughs> probably the best day to get injured. Everyone's ready to go. <laughs> yeah, and as a matter of fact, I mean, fishing game is like, this is the best day for a call to come in because everybody's right here, ready to go. Yeah, yeah, they're all ready to go. Mm. So, Mark, um, earlier that morning, you're on Caps Ridge. Yep. You slip and fall. It's windy. It's it's crazy. Another hiker ran into trouble up there. A hiker from Massachusetts fell co- going down Caps Ridge, as you were. I'm sure I probably um, talked to her, too, because I talked to so many people go- going up, climbing that, that, that day on the, on the way down. Yeah, I bet. Um, this individual, Linda Logano, 66, of Beverly, Massachusetts. Go Beverly. I live there. That's a pretty cool place was near the summit and she was there to watch the flag rising on uh, for September 11th and on her way down deja vu it's like she she slipped and fell and hit her head now in this case it was it was much more serious I, I would imagine based upon the report so Air National Guard was called in for a helicopter rescue uh, members of the New Hampshire Army National Guard had flown up to Cannon Mountain for search and rescue training with a Blackhawk when the call came, the crew cut short its training and flew to Lagano's, where a crew member was lowered to the hiker. She was placed on the helicopter and flown to a local airport and transferred to a local hospital. So I just found that amazing. I mean, two people hiking, uh, two similar situations, same location, same injury, that type of thing. You can be the world's greatest hiker in the universe, and you're still prone to these things, and it does not take much to find yourself in really serious condition up there. Mark, I think in your case, had it been another foot pound of pressure or a little faster, you might've been in the same situation. So it just, um, it's a, it's an amazing coincidence and um, it was neat to bring it up and talk about it. Hopefully she's okay. Cause I've, I've had a notorious history with, uh, with <laughs> big, big crashes like that. Like I, I back uh, a long time ago, I had a big ski accident that I had a severe head injury. And uh, so I was, uh, it, it, it got my attention. It's, uh, I got a little bit of a different perspective, but I think I hiked last year on Jefferson when um, Flags of the 48 was going on and mm-hmm. it was an absolute mob scene. Um, so my advice is to just stay away from Jefferson when you're on Flags on the 48, except for whoever's doing it, whoever's carrying it up, because uh, that place just gets to be a mob scene. So bad things seem to be happening there. Um, but moving on, yeah. do you want to move on to the, the 48 coverage? Um, I've seen a lot of stuff. There was a post by the actual creator of the event, and um, he goes, or he or she, I'm not sure who this is, but uh, at 621 this morning, I saw the picture that made it official. 100% coverage was yet again achieved by this great community. Every single year from 2004, this goal has been achieved. Mother Nature sometimes puts up a fight with rain, high winds, and thunderstorms, but this community pulled through yet again. 18 years in a row for covering them all. Just awesome. So basically what he's saying there is that, um, you know, for the past 18 years, they have had a flag on uh, in memorial for September 11th on all of the 48 peaks uh, in New Hampshire, which is just fantastic. I did some other scrolling around and uh, some other noteworthy things. Um, this this 86-year-old man and his son uh, with a cane walked all the way up. Let's see. They went up Cannon Mountain to see the flags hoisted up on the uh, deck. And then this other story is pretty neat, too. This dog, Zeppelin. Have you seen this picture of this dog that hiked? No. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's a dog named Zeppelin. It looks like a black lab, and it has this um, red jacket on its back, and there's a bunch of names scribbled on it. So the post says, My dog Zeppelin will be doing his part for Flags on the 48. 
His vest will have the names of all the search and rescue dogs that participated in the rescue and recovery efforts at Ground Zero and the Pentagon. How cool is that? That's awesome. Yeah, it's really neat. So good job, everybody. And um, I just think the 20th went off great. And um, it was a really somber and uh, beautiful day. So um, some of these peaks get like insanely crowded, but um, it, wherever you choose to hike, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I know I said earlier that Lake Jefferson gets crazy, but uh, you know, wherever you ultimately end up deciding to hike, um, come out and show support. I think it's a great thing, and it's always a a nice event. And I feel like it's always like the this is sort of like the end of the summer. Like from here on <laughs> out, like there's not going to be that many warm days, especially on the presidentials and the high peaks. We're going to start seeing some snow and some freezing uh, conditions up there pretty soon. Oh, really soon. Absolutely. Yep. So, Mark, was it 40 degrees up there, base temperature, or with the wind, do you think? It wasn't freezing, I don't think. Um, but so yeah. it was, it was uh, I mean, I had to stop after, uh, as I was coming down, I wasn't wearing the right um, gloves. I was just wearing some, some thin, um, you know, those rubber gloves like you use. Um, I was using some mm-hmm. of those and, um, and I'd actually stop and, and I, I, I huddled down underneath a, a little rock and turn my, my, I had my stove with me. I turned my stove on just to warm my hands cause my hands were so cold. And then, uh, and then I went on from there, but, uh, but it was very uncomfortable at the top. I had a fleece on, I had my rain jacket on, I had long pants. I'm passing people that are climbing it with like little running shorts and little t-shirts. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, man, are they for surprise? <laughs> I passed hundreds of people going down that trail. There were so many people climbing that trail. And one, one of the people had uh, a backpack with with baby on it. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, they're in for a world of surprise once they get to the top. But uh, hopefully they don't get that high. Hopefully they turn around. Tough stuff. It's an odd summit. It's it's tough to maneuver those boulders. And it, you're right. It's, a lot of it's slippery. It's just a, that's a weird summit. Yeah, at the top, of, at the top it was wet, but the the bottom I think was seemed dry. But the top was uh, was yeah, it had the the moss on it, not not the moss, but you know the, the white stuff on it that uh, that was that was slippery. But um. slashers hiking topic of the week. Navi, when we talked to you on episode 17, you were just finishing up connecting from the southern portion of New Hampshire all the way up to the beginning of the Cohos Trail. And I think, if correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you say you were going to start, you were going to kind of flip-flop and head up to Canada and then make your way down south to finish the Cohos Trail? Is that how you did no, it? No, no. I, I just, I, I did it in basically um, four legs. I did it in uh, five days and and to the AT from uh, New Hampshire to the AT. And then, uh, and then I did five days on the AT. And then from there I had, I, I came back and I did all the Cohos uh, trail in one, in one uh, 10 day stretch. Basically what I did was I just stopped before I got to say uh, Mount Washington hotel. And I just, did you have 10 days of food on you or did you have caches here and there or how'd you prepare? Basically, um, took five days of food and then, uh, I, I stayed at a, uh, a bed, a little motel, uh, halfway. And then, and then I, I, I shipped, um, five days of food there and she had the package for me and then went on from there. So it was just five days and five days. And I, I could have done it a bit faster. And it was funny because uh, I, I called my, my girlfriend that was going to pick me up at the, at the Canada border. And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing really good time. And she said, uh, well, you, you said 10 days, so slow down. Because <laughs> I'm not coming any earlier. <laughs> was, okay, well, and, and it kind of it worked out nice because at the end, I had, I had easier days. So I could enjoy it a little bit more. Well, I've I've watched your videos. Uh, this one was great. It, it really shows you how crazy it can get up there. It's like uh, you were going through some really thick stuff, and we can talk about that a little later. But um, how much of the Prezies you had to cover as you're moving north? Yeah, up and over Eisenhower. So it's it's a it's a long day. Um, 
by the time you get to almost the uh, Mount Washington Hotel. Gotcha. Nice. Now, Mark, can you talk a little bit about the shelters and camping situation in the the northern part of the trail, like when you exit the, the Prezies and get up to Nash Stream and um, once you really – past the Nash stream section and get up, get up North. Can you talk a little bit about the overnight planning for that? Yeah. I mean, mostly I could, uh, I was, I was trying to do big days. I was trying to do, you know, close to uh, 20 mile days. So uh, a lot of the times it, it worked out perfect where I could go shelter to shelter. Um, but there were, there were some days where um, a couple days where that wasn't very realistic. Um, but mostly I, I could go shelter to shelter. I think one of the times I, there was a camp area and I stayed at, they had a little, uh, uh, lean to at the camp area and I stayed there and that was nice. And that, that was the, if you saw the video, that was the, 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 the time that I played the loon call during the video and, and the, the loons woke me up and, and that was really, uh, that was that was a like kind of a, a neat thing. Yeah, that's actually really a nice moment on that video. So on YouTube, you're under is is it Nobby Hikes? Nobby Hikes. Like, just so people know, they can find it. Nobby yeah. Hikes. His videos are pretty cool. People, you want to check them out. This whole trip is on there. So okay. But it was uh, um, it was it was a very uh, it was a, a hike that I really <clears throat> very unique because. It is very strange being all alone so long because it's you don't see other hikers out there uh, on the on the Kohas. And then when you get to the very end at the uh, at the at the border station there, uh, this was during uh, COVID times and uh, the border was closed and there wasn't one. I didn't see one car. It was just Booneyville. And then all of a sudden there was a family that that rolled up. And as I was walking away, because I was, I walked down, I might as well start walking until, you know, my, my girlfriend came and picked me up. And, uh, um, but that was about the only person I saw. It's funny. Hmm. So, so after the hotel, what's next? Well, you do, it's the Kilkenny Ridge. Basically, like you're going from Wombach up to Rogers Ledge, that's the whole Kilkenny yeah. Ridge Traverse. And then from there, you'll help on the Nash Stream and then the northern section, I think. Yeah, Kilkenny is uh, um, it, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful trail. It was funny. Uh, the cer- certain trails are, are, uh, are obviously on, on, are, are nicer than others. And that, that was, that, I remember that as being a nice section. Um, and I know that you've, you've done it, Stomp, haven't you? I have not. No, I've done bits and pieces, but not the whole thing. Yeah. And I, you know, I saw your footage of that really steep section there, what Rogers Ledge, how was that? Uh, it's probably the highlight of the Cohos Trail, I would think. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's like the best part of the whole trail. <laughs> I think I think that I think you got whacked in the head a little harder than you think. <laughs> I think Mark's definitely like definitely like needs a little bit of like um concussion therapy. <laughs> the Kilkenny trail, the 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 nice thing about that is all the people that go and do that trail, they, they go up to the top and then they turn around and they go back the same way. Um, but not many people do the whole ridge because the rid- whole ridge is so long, I think. So the trail going up to that, I remember as being, as being really, really nice. And then from the top on the, the trees were p- kind of uh, growing in and you basically are com- in the morning are completely soaked. And uh, I remember that being annoying. Um, that cliff but, looks really great. Yeah. Um, you can do an out and back on that, Mike, to get to that cliff, Rogers Ledge? Um, so not on the Kilkenny Ridge. So basically, like, Kilkenny Ridge is about a 27-mile no. section, starts from Wombach and goes to South Pond. And Rogers Ledge is, like, the last peak 
uh, or the last sort of outlook um, on if you go south to north, if you did want to do a just a hike to Rogers Ledge, you can start from South Pond and do an out and back. I think it's like, I don't know, six or eight miles round trip. Or you can also hit it from York Pond and go bad. in from that direction as well. But, you know, the whole gotcha. Kilkenny Ridge, if you're going north to, or south hmm. to north, is, you know, you, you basically hit um, Wombach. You go through the Weeks. You'll go through Willard Notch. Typically, most people will stay over in Willard Notch. And then, you know, you'll make your way over to Mount Cabot. And then you'll hit the Bulge and the Horn. Then you go through this section that I think Mark was talking about. Unknown that's, Pond. Yeah, Unknown Pond. Then you'll go through the section I think Mark yeah. was talking about where it's very, like, heavy with ferns. You will get wet if it's been raining because, you, you know, there's no real trail. You've got to bust through the ferns. And then eventually you go through another mm-hmm. set of ponds, and then you'll get out to Rogers Ledge and South Pond. That's like the whole Kilkenny Ridge Traverse section. Gotcha. All right. So what what happens after Kilkenny? Did you, do you dump out into uh, Stark, the city of Stark there, or the town? Yeah, Stark Village Inn was um, the place where I sent my, my food. And yeah, and and the the lady that owns that is such a nice person, and she uh, she came and picked me up from the trailhead, and uh, even even uh, and 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 we get we get I got in her in her truck, and she's like, uh, I don't have any uh, I don't have any uh, I don't have a restaurant at my at my inn, so are you hungry? And and I was like, uh, yeah. And she goes, so she took me to the store, and we got sandwiches and stuff, and. Uh, the nicest lady in the world, and then, and then we we went back to uh, her house, it, which, which which was the inn. That's cool. And it was um it was nothing fancy. It was just basically like a a house that her uh, second floor had a ton of rooms, yeah. and it was just it, um it almost felt like you're part of the family staying there. It, it was it was really uh, very comfortable. And how cool is that? Yes, yeah, it, it's right in 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 the, in the beautiful town, and and right. There's there's a uh, yeah yeah there's a um, a covered bridge right in her backyard, so it's it's the most beautiful thing. I I ate I ate my dinner sitting on the on her backyard in the rivers going by. That's great. Yeah yeah, and uh, so in the morning she she made me breakfast and uh, me and another guest. Oh my god, it's so and so stunning. And then took me to the the the, the trailhead and uh, that was it. All right, so. so- well, that's that's my next question because you, you're at the foothills of Nash Stream Forest and the Percy. So, where did she take you to? Where where was the trailhead? Well, the the trailhead goes right down to the road, and then there was um, uh, a bridge right there that goes across the the river, and and she just um, and I just hung out there for for a little bit okay. until she she came and got me. Okay, that's and me. then I just had her drop me right back. Yeah, I was just curious spot. if she yeah. had to like drive you down Nashville Forest Road or whatever just to get you closer, but that's cool. So it starts right there. No, no, awesome. Yeah, I did. I, it was, and the road walk isn't. Um, there's a little bit of road walk, um, but it's not very far. I know that um, there's a uh, a shelter right right after you get on the trail. You go by a shelter, and it's funny because um, her husband um, that died. Um, they they uh, left money to the trail, and uh, so that that whole shelter is is uh, uh, in remembrance of hit, of him, and it's a brand new shelter. I think it's it might have been called. There's I know there there's one right here called the Devil's Rest Shelter. Yeah, but I don't think that's it. I don't think that's <laughs> oh, it. Oh, dude! Speaking of that, did you see the Devil's Jacuzzi? Did you stop by to see that little spur? Um. I, I I went by it, but when I when I looked, I don't think I really saw it. You have um, to go I, down. I saw the the, the the a ways. Yeah, I didn't go. To, maybe I, I saw I saw the sign for it, and then there was a, a notch in the rocks, and I looked through there, and I didn't see anything. Yeah, uh, but I, so I guess I missed it. It's interesting. My wife and I hit that one day, and um, it's it's a little spur. It's maybe point two to get to this, you know, natural uh, water. Uh, jacuzzi. It's just a bunch of rocks that form a jacuzzi, and of course, my wife was crazy enough to jump into it, and it was f- absolutely freezing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, 
It's a nice little thing halfway in, halfway up through the uh, Nashstream forest. What's after Nashstream? God, it must be like just pure logging roads by that point. There's a couple of uh, logging roads, and I think I ended up staying at a place called Old Hermit Shelter mm-hmm. that 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 time, that that next time. And so, um, you know, going to shelter and shelter was was, was uh, fairly realistic. The more north you go, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and the and the trails are uh, marked out nice. Oh, that's surprising. I think there's there's not much out there, and I think there was. Um, it was one time I, I had to actually. I did a lot of a lot of walking, and uh, I planned on staying. There was a like a rock quarry, and I just ended up going off the road and staying in the rock quarry, uh, popping my tent in the rock quarry. But uh, but other than that, um, it was it was a, you know just maybe two or three times that I had to do something like that. But other than that, staying at the shelters was realistic. Yeah, how was the weather for the trip? Before I got to the Coas Trail, it basically I think it rained more than it didn't rain. Yeah, going up to the Coas Trail, and in the beginning of the Coas Trail, it, it rained a bit, um, and towards the end of the uh, of the hike, it, it was drying out. Uh, so it was it was a little bit more enjoyable towards the end. So when you got to the border, was it closed or was it open? No. Uh, if it opened for everyone, I think it probably opened just for people that have had vaccines. Yeah. It's probably something I, I don't know for sure. Yeah. I think like even up to an hour ago, it's, it's still closed, isn't it? Yeah. But the, but the, end, the end of the trail is, uh, is, is kind of, is kind of neat because you have the, the, I call it the lake region at the very top where you have like Lake Francis and then you have the, uh, uh, the Connecticut lakes, the first and second, third, fourth Connecticut lakes. And um, uh, Lake Francis was uh, basically a lot, it's a very uh, long, a uh, long, long, fairly long stretch. Um, but it was, it was, uh, has uh, a couple times where you can go down and see, see the, the water, but mostly houses. So you're basically road walking, road walking down that. And then, and then they have um, a, a place, a, a campground there, a little bit north of Lake Francis that that you can stay at. And then from there, um, I was doing uh, less mileage because because my my girlfriend was picking me up, so I, I I could really enjoy the the trail a little bit more. And uh, and from that point on, the the trail is very nice, except for the very end. The very end, the the, the trail is uh, is more harsh. And the and the and the trail is isn't very pretty when it gets when it dumps out onto the uh, the very end. Okay, I, when I watched your video, I was I think I was actually most impressed towards the end of the video where you came across the source of uh, a major river. Can you tell us about that? Well, the the very the very last the very last lake that you go around. Um, and, and it's funny because you, what you do is you end up going to the border station. Yeah. It was amazing watching that video. When you think of the Connecticut river here, like central New Hampshire, you know, New Hampshire, Vermont border, the thing is freaking massive. Uh, tell us about it. It was a great part of your video. Um, after you go to the border station, there's a trail to the left and that goes to, the fourth Connecticut Lake and that's, and then you go around the fourth Connecticut Lake and that's your, that's basically the end of the hike. So uh, I went to the border station and I looked around cause I was just kind of curious to, you know, if, if you know, make, making sure that everyone there knew that I wasn't a terrorist or anything, but no one bothered me. And, and uh, so I, I, I went on into, to the, uh, the fourth, fourth Lake and it was a small little Lake. And in the very back of the lake is where um, is where the Connecticut Lake start. The Connecticut River starts. <laughs> That's really cool. And it's very very small, very very small. Like you, it's only maybe maybe yeah maybe uh, six feet across. Huh. And and well, uh, sounds like a great trip. So it was very very tiny. And uh, and when I went across it, I wasn't even sure that it, that it was it. But uh, I wouldn't say that it was. Uh, 
my my funnest trip, but it was a it was a real challenge. I I, I thought of it afterwards as a real challenge because it uh, um it really uh, pushed you in certain ways and uh, uh, but it was a, it was a great experience. Yeah, but not just this section, but the entire leg from you know Monadnock all the way up. I mean, that's a hell of a hell of a challenge, and you did it. So, congrats. That's a good. Good trip, good story. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. What's next on the agenda? I think the the next one is I, I I'd like to do some uh, some some AT stuff. So I think I'm probably next year going to be doing the the hundred mile wilderness. Well, speaking of hikes, um, I was curious if if we talked about this a little bit, Mike. But is anybody out there interested in having like a a slasher group hike or something like that? If anybody wants us to pursue that idea. Drop us some messages, some direct messages, and maybe we can put something, get something yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I think that sounds good. I, I would. Uh, yeah, I thought it might be fun. You know, something something off the beaten path or something unique. And uh, yeah, that's a great idea. All right. Well, Mike, any other questions at all? I think that's great, Mark. I th- thank you for coming on last minute and uh, telling us your. Oh, thank, thank you, guys. Harrowing. Uh, head squashing story of on caps ridge <laughs> i'm no serious i'm yeah jesus rest yeah rest okay. up mark you're you're uh yeah. you're no spring chicken anymore you can't yeah. be banging your head falling down hiking and i can't be carrying you either yeah i hear you Oh, good stuff. Shame, shame, shame. Yes, yes. I might have to drop that one on you. I don't know. No, that was no. According to Mike, that would be a no shame because that's like that's a a shit happens. Yeah. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to learn more about the topics covered on today's show, please check out the show notes and safety information on slasserpodcast.com. That's S-L-A-S-R podcast.com. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Instagram. We hope you'll join us next week for another great show. Until next time, on behalf of Mike and Stomp, get out there and crush some peaks. Now covered in scratches, blisters, and bug bites, Chris Staff wanted to complete his most challenging day hike ever. Fish and game officers say the hiker from Florida activated an emergency beacon yesterday morning. He was hiking along the Appalachian Trail when the weather started to get worse. Officials say the snow was piled up to three feet in some spots and there was a wind chill of minus one degree. And there's three words to describe this race. Do we all know what they are? Lieutenant James Neeland, New Hampshire Fish and Game. Lieutenant, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. What are some of the most common mistakes you see people make when they're heading out on the trails to hike here in New Hampshire? Seems to me the most common is being unprepared. And I think if they just simply visited uh, hikesafe.com and got a list of the 10 essential items and had those in their packs, they probably would have no need to ever call us at all.